0: This is Sermon 9 of the series on uh, calling and election. Uh, the text is 2 Peter 1 verse 10. Uh, the sermon is by Christopher Love. 2 Peter 1 10, Wherefore the rather brethren give all diligence to make your calling and election sure. The point of doctrine I am yet upon in the prosecution of these words is this that Christians ought to put forth a great deal of diligence to make this sure to their souls that they are effectually called by Jesus Christ. In the handling of which I have gone over many particulars and resolved several cases of conscience, I have yet two cases more to resolve and then shall wind up all in a general use. And therefore, fourthly, when when, or at what time doth God Fill the souls of his people most with the assurance of their effectual calling. And then fifthly, wherein lies the difference between that assurance a godly man hath of his effectual calling and those presumptuous persuasions that wicked men have that they are called effectually when they are not. First, when or at what time doth God give to his people most and strongest assurance? of their effectual calling and here in answer to this I shall comprise all I have to say under four heads that is in four cases or times God doth usually give to his people most strong assurance first after the Lord hath greatly humbled the hearts of his people and broken them for sin then doth he usually give in most assurance of a man's effectual calling and of the happiness of his future condition. When you can say as David did in Psalm 38.3, There is no rest in my bones by reason of my sin. When you can say as the psalmist does in Psalm 51.8, Let the bones which thou hast broken rejoice. Then is the time for God to make you break forth with joy when he hath broken your hearts with sorrow. God had broken David's heart under the sense of that uncleanness he had committed. O, oh, saith David, thou hast broken my heart, now let my broken spirit rejoice. And God gave him comfort and did restore the joy of his salvation to him. You have a phrase in Psalm thirty-four, eighteen: The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart, to save them that are of a contrite spirit. The Lord is nigh to them nigh what to do not only to give them deliverance from outward trouble but from inward sorrows to give them inward joy and inward comfort that the bones which he hath broken might rejoice the Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken spirit to give them comfort Luke 4.18 it said there that the spirit of the Lord was upon Christ what to do it was to bind up the broken in heart and to comfort those that mourn And so in Isaiah 61.1-3 To those that mourn he shall preach comfort and bind up the brokenhearted. When the Lord hath broken you under sin and humbled you under the sight of your evils then is the time when God will break in upon you with great joy. Matthew 11.28 Come unto me all ye that are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Rest there hath not only reference uh, to our rest in heaven, that we shall rest there from sin and rest there from sorrow, and rest there from temptation, but I will give you rest. It hath reference also to a promise in this life, that if you are heavy laden, that you count your iniquities a burden too heavy for you to bear, Christ hath promised you peace inward peace in your own consciences in the assurance of your everlasting estate in assurance that you are called to a state of grace and shall come to a state of glory you know when the ground is plowed the clods are broken and the breaking of the clods makes way for the deeper rooting of the corn and that it may spring up with greater increase it is so when you plow up in the prophet's language, Jeremiah 4, the fallow ground of your hearts when you break the clods of your hearts by humiliations, this makes way for the corn and grain that precious grain of assurance to spring and grow up to a fuller measure, so that you are out of God's way then to have uh, strong assurance that never have been humbled in the sight of sin I say it's God's ordinary way I do not deny but God may bring you to heaven though you have no legal workings and horrors upon you yet God will never give you such strong assurance and such ravishing comforts as he gives them that are most broken in spirit look through the whole verse of scripture and you shall find that those that were most broken in heart they were most strong in comfort that house that hath the deepest foundation is like to be the most beautiful fabric and building whereas your tents and lesser cottages a little rooting in the earth will serve their turn it is likely God may make thee as a little cottage though not deeply rooted but thou wilt never be reared up a beautiful building to become an amiable Christian in point of comfort and assurance if God have not bottomed thee low in humiliation It is a true rule in grace. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. The deeper you are in sorrow, the higher you shall be lifted up in joy. Secondly, after the people of God have been tossed and troubled and turmoiled with the violent assaults and temptations of the devil, then is God's time of filling his people with greatest joy and most comfort. You know, at the mill, At the floodgate, when the stream goes strongest, then the mill goes the fastest. Beloved, God lets the stream of temptation grow strong against thee, but to make thy mill to go, to make thee grind thy lusts to powder, and to make thee grind thy sins as corn under the the millstone. God doth but make the flood to be strong at the gate. To make thy comforts to be more strong and thy graces to be more firm. When God lets in the flood of temptation and tosseth thee upon those waves and billows, then is the time for God to give thee in strongest comforts. Isaiah fifty four ten to fourteen O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Mark their estate. Now what will God do? with a soul, thus tossed with a temptation. Read the verse before. My covenant of peace shall not depart from thee, O thou afflicted. God doth here speak most peace, and tenders most freely his covenant in this condition, when they were most tossed and troubled. Verse 13, thy children shall be all taught of God, and great shall be their peace. And Verse 14, in righteousness thou shalt be established, and thou shalt not fear. Here you see how God is, as it were, uh, bolsters and bears up a dejected heart. O thou tossed with a tempest, behold I have made a covenant of peace with thee, and behold thou shalt not fear. See how God keeps up the hearts of his people in this condition. When you are most tossed and tumbled with a tempest of temptation, then doth God ordinarily speak to you most inward peace and strongest assurance as you know it is with an oak the more they are shaken by tempestuous winds the firmer and faster are they rooted in the bowels of the earth it is so with Christians they are compared in scripture to an oak whose fruit and sap is in them now a Christian the more he is shaken by a tempestuous temptation the Lord makes him by that to be the more firm and to be the more fastened and settled in strong comforts and assurance thirdly when God hath any extraordinary work for his people either to do or to suffer this is the time when he fills his people with most assurance should God put his people upon outward sufferings and give them inward fears they were not in a capacity to undergo the condition with joy or patience and therefore when he calls his people to some extraordinary measure of suffering This is the time when God will fill them with more than ordinary comforts. I have read in the book of of Martyrs of Mr. Robert Glover, a famous man in his generation who, during the time of his imprisonment, was much troubled in mind for want of his assurance. And yet the story tells us when he was brought to the stake to be burned, as soon as ever he saw the fire, he broke out in the hearing of the people and said he has come, he has come I am now as full of joy as my heart can hold all the while he was in prison he was blubbering in much trouble until God brought him to an eminent suffering to suffer death for him and then he was full of comfort I've read also of one uh, Adolphus Clarebacchius who was a man subject to melancholy and uh, lay under many doubts and fears yet as soon as ever he was brought to the stake he openly declared to the people I have been naturally of a sad temper but now I profess before you all I think there is not a merrier heart in all the world than mine is thus they being uh, to go through extraordinary sufferings God gave them extraordinary assurance beloved this is God's time when he will give you most assurance when he calls you to most sufferings when you are to go through an ocean of sufferings and afflictions the Lord will make you swim in a sea of inward peace and spiritual joys fourthly God gives his people the most strong assurance when they walk most closely in communion with their God great peace shall they have saith David that love thy law they shall have peace and great peace while they walk in love to God and his ways. Keep in communion with your God, and that's the time for God to give you greatest comfort. If you lash out from God and break his law, he will break your hearts. When the shepherd hath a lamb or sheep that straggles from the fold, it shall meet with a crook, perhaps with the bite of a dog. It may be God may catch you with his hook. Perhaps you shall be bitten with a temptation, and bitten with with desertion if you straggle from his fold. But the more you keep in communion with God, the more likely you are to keep in your comforts. Walking with God is the very fuel that kindles the fire of comfort in a Christian's breast, that keeps comfort alive. The more you flag in your communion, the more shall you flag in your assurance and the more shall your comforts die. Communion with your God. It has two particulars in it. First, in keeping you free from sin, Job 11, 14 and 15. Secondly, in keeping the exercise of grace, Isaiah 32, 32 17. Now, the more you keep out sin, the more you keep in comforts. The more you increase in grace, the more you increase in comforts. Grace and comforts. The one promotes the other. Grace promotes comfort. And comfort heightens you in the increase of grace. Therefore, Paul, in his salutation, puts them both together. 1 Corinthians 1.3 And thus, having finished this query, there is (coughs) only one more, which God willing I shall dispatch at this time. And that is, fifthly, wherein appears the difference. Between that man that hath assurance of his effectual calling upon good ground, and between those men that only have presumptuous persuasions of their effectual calling, when they are not, beloved, this question is worthy of the discussion. And to resolve it, I shall lay down nine or ten differences. First, that a man, that man that hath found uh, sound and true assurance of his effectual calling he is very careful to take heed of sin so he might not eclipse his comforts or lose his assurance he is careful I say to free his heart from sin as much as may be uh, as considering that though he cannot sin away his soul he may sin away his comforts though he cannot sin away his salvation he may sin away his consolation a man that hath this assurance he knows the worth of assurance, and he knows how soon it is lost, and how hardly it is gained, and that makes him very tender of sin. Second Corinthians seven one: Having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves. When a godly man knows that God is his God, so that's the promise spoken of in the verse before, knowing that he belongs to God, and the and the promises belong to him. He knowing this, it makes him cleanse himself from all filthiness both of flesh and spirit that he keeps no sin in the spirit nor no sin in the body a man that hath assurance it makes him very tender of every sin but now a man that hath presumptuous persuasions of his own goodness his persuasions will make him more bold and more adventurous to run into sin he will make no bones of sin and he cares not for falling into sin today and another sin tomorrow and commit wickedness day after day he is bold and venturous upon every sin Jeremiah 3 4 and 5 thou hast cried to me my father, my father thou art the guide of my youth wilt thou reserve anger forever and shall there be no end of thy indignation yet what saith God yet thou didst evil as much as thou couldst As if he could say, you cry my father, you persuade yourselves God is your father, and yet you will speak and do evil as much as you can. Here God brands them for a presumptuous people. To persuade yourselves that God is your father, and yet to do wickedness as much as you can, and to be drunk as often as you can, and to swear as often as you can. Alas, you deceive your own hearts in this for God cannot be your father in this sense and beloved I beseech you in my going over these heads that you would lay them to your own hearts and see if you may be distinguished from those presumptuous persuasions that go over the world secondly a man that hath real assurance of his effectual calling that man meets with more assaults and temptations from the devil to annoy him in his peace than other men do that have only a counterfeit assurance. As you know, those shops that have the best wares and richest treasures, goldsmiths' shops, uh, they are most exposed to robbery when men will not meddle with a petty stall. Those ships that are most richly laden, they are in the most danger to meet with pirates at sea when your smaller barks laden with goods of lesser value escape free. It is so with Christians, those Christians that are most richly laden with treasure of assurance that have in their hearts this precious jewel they are in most danger of the devil's temptations to be as a pirate or a robber by force to set upon them and to annoy them this is it is those that have uh, most assurance that the devil doth envy the most and that he will never let them alone but hunts them as a partridge over the mountains by by dejections and by suggestions and by a variety of temptations Satan's fieriest darts and by distrust and by infected scruples and by cavils of carnal reasonings and by consulting with flesh and blood and for want of comfortable feelings the devil will still be putting uh, them on to see if he can damp their comforts and make them cast away their confidence which hath great recompense of reward hence it is uh, the apostle oppressive that Christians should not cast away their confidence a metaphor some think drawn from a ship at sea merchants when they are at sea when their ship by a storm and tempest is tossed upon the billows and likely to suffer shipwreck being heavy laden they will cast away their wares to save their lives. Now some in allusion to this think that the devil so tosseth a poor soul in point of comfort as a ship is tossed upon the sea by the wind now if you are tossed upon the sea of temptation and upon the waves of trouble and assaults do not cast away your wares do not throw away your comforts which implies that godly men are often set upon and often assaulted that though the devil cannot bring you to hell, he would fain have you to have a hell in your conscience while you live. He does not only envy your happiness, but comforts also. Whereas in the contrary, men that harbor persuasions that they are called when they are not, the devil lulls them asleep. He lets them alone and never troubles them. Luke 11.21, when the strong man possesseth the house the goods are at peace that is when the devil of hell hath the whole possession of the soul of man he is in no wit tempted his thoughts are at quiet when the devil sees a man build upon a sandy and corrupt foundation he will never shake that by temptation lest you should be by shaking be wakened to look after a better and more enduring substance When the devil sees you lulled asleep in a golden dream of presumption he will never awaken you by temptation but lets you sleep on because he knows that sleep will be asleep to death. As a a man lying asleep on a steep rock dreams merrily of crowns and kingdoms but suddenly starting in joy breaks his neck and tumbles into the bottom of the sea so it is with the man that harbors ungrounded persuasions of his good estate that which a carnal man makes his evidence that he is in a good condition is an undoubted demonstration that he is in a bad you shall have a wicked man when he hears a godly man to be troubled in mind and wounded in spirit he will tell you he think, he thanks God that he was never troubled since he was born the devil never disturbed him and he had, hath a strong faith ever since He can remember. Alas, beloved, this is a sad sign. Thou makest this a sign of thy comfort, whereas indeed it is a demonstration of thy want of a sound assurance. For were thy assurance good, the devil would never let thee alone, but would still be laboring to make thee cast away thy confidence. But being bad, he would have thee nourish it still. We say those oxen that are fed in greenest pastures, they are nearest the slaughter. When the poor lean ox that hath the yoke and whip every day and is at daily labor is long-lived and in a better condition. Those men that the devil uh, leaves alone and never tempts, they are as the fatted oxen. Never come under whip and yoke and never are troubled. It is an argument that they are near the slaughter and under a great deal of danger of their souls. But those that are under the yoke, that are often tempted, and the pricks of Satan lie upon them, this is an argument. Their comforts are right and their evidence good because so assaulted and opposed by the devil. Thirdly, the true assurance is more or less (coughs) in a man's spirit by how much more or less that man keeps in communion with God if a man doth re- remit in his converse with God and grow careless and formal and a stranger to God shall grow a stranger to himself in the end and to his comforts also but if a man keep close to God and keep close to duties can retire and recollect himself to converse with God in a more solemn and serious manner is preparedly and fruitfully exercised in ordinances can pour out his soul unto God's bosom that man is in the way to have his comforts raised up whereas now for men that have false comforts and, and persuasions whether they are much or little with God all is one to them their comforts are at the same standstill. Come to a man that hath false comforts, and at all times he is alike peremptory. He is in the same persuasion he was three, four, seven years ago. Ask him any week in the year, any day in the week, any hour in the day, and he will tell you he hath the same comforts and the same evidences still. He had a strong faith in God, and he hath it still. He had Strong hopes to be saved, and so he hath it still. He is still peremptory in his comforts, though he never so much alter in communion with his God. This is an argument that persuasions are false, because a Christian's communion and converse with God doth feed his, his comforts. Now, as the body, by how much more or less it is fed, by so much the more it is weakened or strengthened. So it is with your comforts. So much as they are distinguished by your walking with God, so much they grow weak or strong. Now, let a wicked man grow never so vile and never so sinful. It interrupts not his peace. He has hopes and assurance still. And he will trust in God still, though he uh, sin ever. This is an argument his comforts are unsound. You have a lively picture of this in Micah 3.11 The heads of the people judge for reward the priests teach for hire and the prophets divine for money and yet they will lean upon the Lord and say, is not the Lord among us? That is, though they have these sins among them and did walk thus and thus yet they would hope in God to be saved for all this. Why, beloved, thou wilt find God to fail thee Though he never failed an assured Christian, yet he will fail that man that leans upon him when he belongs not to him. When thou dost intermit walking with God and dost launch forth into a gulf and sea of lusts, and yet canst still say thou art the same in thy comforts and the same in thy persuasions, it is an argument all thy comforts are but false and thy evidence unsound. Fourthly, real assurance of your estate it doth bear up the soul under the greatest outward sorrow and sufferings that it can meet with in this world Hebrews 10.34 they suffered joyfully the spoiling of their goods knowing in themselves that they had in heaven a better and more enduring substance what made them so to rejoice to see their houses plundered before them their estates taken from them But thus they knew in their own selves and had assurance in their own hearts that Christ was theirs and heaven was theirs. This made them suffer joyfully the spoiling of their goods. And so in Psalm 119.50, This is my comfort in affliction, that thy word doth quicken me. That is, this bears up my heart when I am afflicted, that I have a word to build upon, that I have assurance, and I have interest in a promise to build upon. This quickens and bears me up under my sorrows. And so Psalm 1981, My spirit had fainted within me only that I hoped in thy word. That is I had hope and confidence built upon thy word and that kept me from fears and fainting and discouragement under my affliction. And so Isaiah 33.24 The inhabitant shall not say I am sick the people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. Beloved, assurance will lift up and bear up the heart under all sorrows. Assurance in a Christian is like oil. Now pour oil into a sea or an ocean of water and the oil will never be kept under but still be uppermost. So this oil of comfort and this oil of assurance it will bear thee up upon the top Though thou shouldst be cast into a flood of troubles and an ocean of sorrows, I have read in Latimer's writings a uh, notable saying to his uh, of his to Ridley, that famous martyr, sometime saith he when I live in a settled and steadfast assurance about the state of my soul, methinks then I am as bold as a lion, I can laugh at all trouble, no affliction doubts me, daunts me, but when I am Eclipsed in my comforts. I am so fearful, uh, of so fearful a spirit that I could run into a, a very mouse hole. Beloved, it is so with godly men when they want assurance of their estate that and the soundness of their call, every affliction daunts and every trouble startles them. Oh, but then, uh, but when they can give, live in a settled, assurance of their interest in Christ and calling by him they are as bold as lions and they are borne up with comfort under all the sorrows and sufferings they meet with all but now men that have false persuasions and their their persuasions can never bear up the heart under a trouble and a loss and at a pinch because there's not a saying and inward comfort it can never create inward peace the comforts of wicked men when they come to suffer they are like cloth that is ill woven cloth that is well made let a man be in a shower of rain it will never shrink but ill woven cloth let it uh, but be in a shower it shrinks presently it is so with men's comforts bring uh, comforts well wrought into a shower of trouble and that man will not shrink under his trouble, but bring an ill-wrought and unsound assurance, and that will shrink and fail and pull in, and will not bear up the heart under the sorrows, and under the sufferings he may meet with all. Presuming Pendleton that boasted his fat flesh should fry in the fire before he would forsake his religion when he came to the trial, flagged presently fifthly sound assurance wherever it is makes the heart more humble towards God and man and makes men more vile in their own eyes Galatians 2.20 there you have this character I live saith Paul by the faith of the son of God and Christ hath loved me and given himself for me here is his assurance what then doth this lift up Paul No, it makes him more vile. I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Paul recollects himself. I live. No, it is not I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. See how Paul was beaten off from a supercilious pride and exaltation of spirit in himself? It is not I that live. The thoughts of his comforts made him recollect himself and seem vile in his own eyes. Whereas, alas, false persuasions puff up the soul with pride and make a man supercilious and high conceited, crying out as Jehu did, Jonadab, is thy heart like mine? Come see my zeal for the Lord. They make him proud like Jehu in his false persuasions. And sixthly, sound comforts and real assurance to engage the soul to walk before God in a course of holiness. Psalm 16.3 Thy loving kindness is before mine eyes that is, I am assured as if I saw the thing with mine eye that God's loving kindness is towards me. What then? That I will walk in thy truth. I will walk before thee with a holy and sincere heart and I will not haunt with vain persons. Verse 4 And I will wash my hands in innocency. Verse 6 And so that you see David would walk in a course of holiness because he had an evidence and assurance of God's love to him so in 1 John 3, 3 he that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as Christ is pure that is a man that doth nourish hopes and persuasions of heaven his hopes will make him a Christian endeavoring to purify his own heart and to be as holy as Christ is holy to be holy as Christ is holy this is the nature of true assurance. But now for false assurance, the man that hath it does not look after holiness at all. He thinks himself well enough that he hath attained that which every wise man should rest in without meddling any further. Nay, he is so far from laying bonds upon himself to walk in a course of holiness that he will rather take encouragement from thence to walk in a way of looseness and profaneness because grace abounds he will abound in sin this is the ill use that false comfort makes of God's grace and therefore beloved look over your hearts do the comforts you pretend to have and the assurance you pretend to enjoy make you more to pursue holiness that you can say as David did I see thy loving kindness is before me and therefore I will love thy ways and hate sinfulness. Or can you say you have comforts, therefore you will run into sin and wallow in wickedness? This is an argument that thy comforts are not true. Seventhly, true assurance, it is got and kept with a great deal of diligence and industry. Your best things are hardest to get and hardest to keep. Stones are to be had in every place, but gold... You must dig deep and take pains to dive into the bowels of the earth before you can get that. Weeds grow easily. To find garden flowers, they must be often watered and carefully looked unto, or else they will not grow. Beloved, this weed of false persuasion and assurance, it is a weed that will grow under every hedge and thrive in every garden without looking after whereas alas the flower of true comforts and saving assurance it is hard to make it grow and when it is grown it is hard to keep it from withering assurance it costs a man the waiting many a year the shedding many a tear the making of many a prayer before he can get it or keep it whereas alas false assurance is easily gotten and easily kept a man may get presumption without any pains at all. The devil will, will egg you on both to get it and to keep it. And therefore you that easily got your comforts without prayers and keep your comforts without pains, you may be sure your comforts are but false. Eighthly true assurance is gotten by the word and grounded upon the word. It is gotten by the word, Isaiah fifty-seven nineteen. 19. I create the fruit of the lips peace peace to them that are nigh and to them that are far off the fruit of the lips that is the fruit of the minister's preaching the word which falls from the lips of a godly minister God hath ordained and created that to be the way to work and create peace peace that is a a sound peace in the hearts of his people and it is not only God but it is bottomed upon the word also it is the word and somewhat in the word that bears up the hearts of the people of God Psalm 119.49 good is the word of the Lord wherein thou hast caused thy servant to hope and so verse 50 and 51 it is the word of God that bottoms the comforts of the people of God whereas look now upon wicked men and they neither got their comforts by the word nor do they ground upon the word but first they have had strong hopes in God ever since they could remember and secondly they keep and ground them either upon their good meaning that they mean well towards God or else thirdly they ground them upon this that they are not so bad as other men are a poor weak ground Pharisee could say so I am no extortioner, no drunkard, no adulterer and the like and yet never came to heaven for all of this or else fourthly they ground their comforts on this because they receive from God abundance of outward mercies and this you find was their ground of presumption Hosea 12.8 Ephraim said I am become rich and I have found me out substance in all my labor they shall find no iniquity in me that is sin Ephraim would say I am become rich and have gotten me in an a state and now I am an honest man and they shall find no sin in me yet this was mere presumption because God tells us Ecclesiastes 9.1 no man knows either love or hatred by the things that are before him and sometimes saith Solomon God gives men riches to their hurt Therefore, this can be no evidence of a grounded assurance. Ninthly, that man that hath a good assurance, he is willing to be tried either by God or men, touching the truth of his assurance. This you find in Psalm 26, 2 and 3. Try me, O Lord, examine me, prove me, try my reins in my heart, for thy lovingkindness is before me. As if he should say, Lord, I make a profession that I have thy lovingkindness in mine eye, that i am assured that thou lovest me lord i put my soul upon the trial do thou try me if my heart be not right in my assurance and not by god only but they are willing to be tried by man also and therefore you have that phrase of the apostle in first peter 3:15 that when men ask you an account of the hope that is in you you should be ready to give an answer that is when men ask you what hopes you have of heaven And upon what ground do you hope to be saved? The Apostle saith, you should be ready to give an answer of that hope that is in you. And who were they that should do so? They were those that had a good conscience. Those men that had consciences free from sin and had evidence in their own consciences that they belonged to God. They were ready, whosoever asked them to give a reason why they hoped for heaven whereas a man that hath false persuasions of heaven and of his effectual calling that man cannot endure to be tried either by God or man he is like the man that hath stolen goods in his house a man that is an honest man let the constable come let search be made it never troubles him because they are his own goods that he hath bought with his own money but the thief when the constable comes and search is made, every trunk that is open his heart trembles. It is so with an unsound-hearted man, a man that hath false assurance, lest there should be a, a flaw found in it. Come to a man that hath false persuasions, as, you, as to formalists and to those that are presumptuous wretches. Come to these men and put this question to them, Upon what ground do you hope for salvation? What evidence can you give of your effectual calling? How can you make out upon scripture grounds that you shall go to heaven? Such questions as these will puzzle an unsound heart, and he cannot give you any reasonable answer at all. And herein the difference is palpable between a grounded assurance and those false persuasions that wicked men have. Intensely, true assurance, wherever it is, it makes a man so to value the comforts of the Spirit of God that he doth undervalue all other comforts in the world in comparison of them. Psalm 4, verse 6 Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon me. What then? And this shall more glad my heart when, than when my corn and wine and oil increase Beloved, assurance, it doth so transport and raise up the heart that it makes all things in the world, all comforts here below, to be nothing in comparison of that. The favor of princes is nothing to that man that hath the favor of God. Life and all the comforts of life are nothing to that man that hath a comfort in reference to his eternal life. In Psalm 63, 3, Thy loving kindness, O Lord, is better than life. David did not value his life nor all the comforts of it uh, so as he valued the loving kindness of his God. But Now a man that hath false persuasions, these do not so transport his spirit and take up the whole man and fill the soul with joy unspeakable and full of glory. These do not uh, in any wit abate his comforts in the world. A man you know that hath uh, tasted honey Other things are of an unpleasant taste to him that are eaten afterwards. Beloved assurance is like honey, nothing so sweet to a godly palate as that is. Now when a godly person tastes of the honey of assurance, all other outward comforts they are but as gall and wormwood, things unpleasant to his taste and palate. And thus you see I have laid down ten particulars to you. I would entreat you to distinguish in your own hearts whether you are a people that have a true assurance or only false persuasions of your effectual calling. And let me tell you the reason why I speak of this is because the most of the men in the world do miss of heaven by false persuasions. Where desperation damns one soul, presumption damns a thousand. I may say of this as it was sung in the triumphant song of David and Saul Saul hath slain his thousands but David his ten thousands and so I might say desperation hath slain a thousand but presumption ten thousand thousands and ten thousands are slain and undone forever by harboring presumptuous and groundless persuasions of their effectual calling when they are not
1: 3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L 3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin